Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 33 called, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, Psalm 150, verse 1. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I am not going to stop praising. Thank you. Verse 2. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. That's a musical instrument. And sing praises to him with a harp of 10 strings, something like an ancient guitar here. I want you to focus on the two words at the beginning of verse 2, give thanks. We've been talking about giving thanks for a while in some of our Sunday messages. Thankfulness brings blessing from the Lord. God wants a thankful nation. If you were to measure our nation, take a microphone onto the streets, take it onto a university campus, take, take it to a shopping mall. I wonder what the measurement of gratitude would be in our culture. We're probably materially the most blessed, in quotes, nation that may have ever existed on the face of this planet in terms of material wealth. If you're an American, you're in the top 95% of persons who hold material wealth in the world. No matter what you have, no matter what your bank account says, most people in the world don't even have a bank account. And yet, are we grateful? Are we a thankful nation right now? You know, it's becoming more and more funny to me and sad at the same time that the shopping venues open earlier and earlier on Thanksgiving. So now that you got, you got your last bite of turkey and off you go to stand in line somewhere, you, maybe you'll be able to stand in line there. I, I don't know. But we want to have gratitude. Let's flip it to the positive. Let's be grateful. We're to rejoice always. We're to pray without ceasing. In everything, we're to be thankful people. This is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And it shows that we are grateful to him, but it also is good for your soul. Gratitude is good for your soul. Sing to him a new song, verse 3. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. See the new song there? Some commentators believe that this psalm may be based upon something that God did recently, i.e. maybe the deliverance of God under King Jehoshaphat, because it was a new song, and God does do new things. Sometimes he does something new in your life. Sometimes he reaches a new person through your witness. There's a new way that you've been able to appreciate something or a spiritual discovery that you've made that's new to you. And you rejoice. And you can sing to God a new song. And I love the idea of skillful musicianship here because it is called for to play skillfully. Let me, let me take it into the area of preaching and I'll walk it out to a musician. I believe that preachers should be skillful. What I mean by that is we should do our homework. If you're going to teach the Word of God, then you should honor God by doing proper preparation. You should know what you're doing. You wouldn't have someone come in and 
do a kitchen remodel if they'd never done one before. And they say, well, maybe I'll tinker, tinker around a little bit with this hammer and see if I can figure it out. No, no, you'd want a little bit of skill, right? You want someone who kind of at least knows what they're doing. It's the same way with the Word of God, and it's the same way with a guitar or a set of drums or a horn. If it's played skillfully, it's wonderful. If it's played poorly, it's terrible. <laughs> you can all think of the little kid who practices the flute or the horn in the room. It's not good. But when it's played skillfully unto the Lord, and we have some very skillful musicians in the room and on our worship team, it's beautiful. God deserves our best. Can I ask you, are you giving God your best in what you do for the Lord, in the gifting to which you've been called? I'm not saying that you need to be good at everything. You can't be good at everything. But are you good at what God's called you to do? And do you work on it? For the word of the Lord for is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. The word of the Lord NIV is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. This is from John Jay, the first chief justice of the United States. The Bible is the best of all books for it is the word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and in the next. Continue therefore to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts, close quote, John Jay, first chief justice of the United States of America. Let me ask you, I'm trying to give you some insight about your personal life, our life as a nation, how we should vote. How do we measure su such things? It, it, I tell you, I come back right here to the word of God. I ask the question, are we standing for the word of God? Do we believe in it? Do we defend it? Do we believe that it's the ultimate way to measure our actions. What do you think? Do you think in the public square, in the debate of ideas right now, the word of God is being appealed to or something else? How about, let's take it into the church of Jesus Christ. Because the world's the world, but how about us? Is the word of God honored in our lives? Can we say that it is right and true? If you honor the word of God in your family, if you honor it in your company, if you honor it in your personal life, you will have his blessing. Abraham Lincoln said, the Lord is always on the side of the right, close quote. All God's work is done in faithfulness. His word, G. Campbell Morgan, is right. His work is faithful. Faithful is the Lord. He sends forth this command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly, Psalm 147, verse 15. Something else that you need to know about God is something that he loves in the New Testament, we're told that he loves a cheerful giver. In Psalm 33, verse 5, we're told that he loves what? Righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness. That is the word hesed. It's God's covenant love of the Lord. The earth is full of his unfailing love, if you have the NIV. Would you notice that right there within one single verse, you have really the nature of God in its full perspective, and there's more. But I think you have a full, call it a three-point diagram of God's character, his nature. He loves righteousness, he loves justice, and he's filled with loving kindness. You see, if you extract one thing from that description, you don't have a full-orbed perspective on who God is. Sometimes 
we focus on God's justice, sometimes on his righteousness. Sometimes people only want to focus on God's love. But God is all of these things, and he's more. He's also holy. He's also pure. There's more that we could say, but here you get a, a good definition of who God is in his, in his nature. He loves righteousness. He loves justice. And he's also filled with unfailing love. Isn't that awesome? And as he looks at us and as he looks at a nation, and I could take you to many verses right now, but I think some of them will spring to your mind. You know that when Israel got off track, God would say to them, because you have unjust scales, because you take bribes in the back room, because there's nonsense going on behind closed doors where you think you're hiding it, it ain't going to fly. And I tell you, one of my prayers over this last couple of months has been, as we're in a very political season and obviously an important election, is Lord, expose people for who they truly are. That's been one of my prayers for the last couple of months. Lord, expose people for who they truly are. Let their true selves come out so that it can be plainly seen by the church and by the American people. God loves righteousness and justice. Jeremiah 9.24 says, Let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, says the Lord, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. And then just flip over a couple pages to Psalm 36, verse 5. David is uh, glorying in the God of the Bible. And he says these words about God. He says, your loving kindness, Psalm 36, verse 5, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Psalm 36, 6, your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Amen. The Lord is good. The Lord reigns. Psalm 97, verse 1. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice, Psalm 97, 2, are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness and justice, listen, are the foundation of God's throne. God will align himself where that is seen and where that is not seen, he cannot bless. We cannot have a nation that is blessed by the Lord, that is corrupt at the root. It can't happen. And so repentance is a key concept in the Bible because we all get away from our values sometimes. We all fall, we all slip, we all make mistakes. And so it's up to a nation to decide when we've gotten away from where we need to be to say, Lord, we repent. And we had a, recently a men's conference and young Elijah here spoke and he shared a quote in his testimony. And it was something like this. I hope I got it right. If your repentance hasn't changed your behavior, then maybe you need to repent of your repentance. That's good, huh? Because sometimes we say we've repented and then we go right back to what we did before. 
So all we did essentially is say we're repenting when we didn't. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And he says these words about God. He says, your loving kindness, Psalm 36, verse 5, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Psalm 36, 6, your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Amen. The Lord is good. The Lord reigns. Psalm 97, verse 1, let the earth rejoice, let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice, Psalm 97, 2, are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness and justice, listen, are the foundation of God's throne. God will align himself where that is seen, and where that is not seen, he cannot bless. We cannot have a nation that is blessed by the Lord, that is corrupt at the root. It can't happen. And so repentance is a key concept in the Bible because we all get away from our values sometimes. We all fall, we all slip, we all make mistakes. And so it's up to a nation to decide when we've gotten away from where we need to be to say, Lord, we repent. And we had recently a men's conference and young Elijah here spoke and he shared a quote in his testimony. And it was something like this. I hope I got it right. If your repentance hasn't changed your behavior, 
then maybe you need to repent of your repentance. That's good, huh? Because sometimes we say we've repented and then we go right back to what we did before. So all we did essentially is say we're repenting when we didn't. Now notice this, by the word of the Lord, Psalm 33, 6, the heavens were made by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. I just read in a book recently in an opening chapter these words. Either God made the world or he didn't. If God made the world and everything in it, then he's the creator. And then the way we live our lives should be dictated by the one who made everything, don't you think? Does that make sense to you? Now, in our schools in America, the Bible used to be the textbook. And God, there was no question about God being the creator. But today, what is the majority teaching in the schools? That God's the creator of the heavens and the earth? Or that Darwin's the creator? <laughs> no, not Darwin, but evolution. When you really think about it, even though you can hear some sophisticated people with certain accents try to make it sound eloquent, evolution's teaching at its core, Darwinian evolution, is that everything that exists today came from nothing and came from an accidental explosion perhaps billions of years ago. Now, let me just ask you, what sounds more scientific? That a creator created everything that you see, the almost statistically I read recently, 20 million forms of plants and animals, the direct, you know, the distance of the sun from the earth, the moon from the earth. We could talk about planetary orbit. We can talk about sea life. We can talk about how things are interdependent. We can talk about how you get cut and your body heals, how you don't even have to think about your circulatory system or your heart beating right now, unless I say it, then you start thinking about it, <laughs> right? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. made. Thank you. We were made. This world was made. And school children who do not have a Christian influence from Christian parents are going to be fed a lie that this is a cosmic accident, that they are a cosmic accident. And do we wonder why we get what we get in the culture? In a very humanistic culture that has swung and tipped so far towards humanism that God has laughed out of most of academia and most secular universities will laugh you off the campus if you come in with these ideas. Why? What happened? It was the founding of our country. This was the majority idea. God as the creator. Let me ask you, do you think God will continue to have his hand of blessing on a nation that denies that he's even there? Without faith, it's impossible. Did you hear that? It's impossible to please God. You can't. It's impossible. So let the, in light of 
all I could tell you about statistical probability that the earth could exist from nothing, it, it can't happen, folks. And it didn't happen. There's a God. And he is filled with unfailing love, righteousness, and justice are the foundations of his throne. And in light of who he is, verse 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world, what should we do? Stand in awe of him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. I think we got to get back some fear of the Lord. Amen? Some healthy, reverential fear of the Lord. Some, there's been many times in my life that it's been the fear of the Lord that's motivated me from doing, keeping me from doing something stupid. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Now, I know God is good and God is loving, and I know I'm a forgiven man, but I also don't want to deal with the consequences of stupidity, nor do I want to get spanked. <laughs> Amen? So there's a healthy fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 8, 13. Pride and arrogance in the evil way. The perverted mouth. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 9, 10, is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 10, 27 says, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. There's many verses we could share, but... We get the point. Here's what it says about the creator. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Sometimes people say, man, the Bible, Genesis 1-3, let there be light. And light said, okay. That's how powerful our God is. It said, he said, let there be light. And light said, here I am. <laughs> I don't completely understand that. I don't need to understand it. I just know that that's his power. By the word of the Lord, he made the heavens and the earth. It's amazing. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Remember when Israel was going to cross the Jordan River and the priest had the ark and God said, okay, tell the priest that I'm not going to part the waters until they, they step into the river and the river was at flood stage. And you can read this in uh, Joshua chapter 3. And uh, if I was a priest carrying the ark that day, I would have looked at my buddy and said, didn't I do the dishes last night? Why do I have to be in front? But this is the way it is, right? <laughs> he got the front. And God says, I'm not parting the river until you step in. And Ray Vanderlaan said with the topography of the land, the way it was, that the first step into the river was a step over your head. Either you believe the Lord or you don't. You believe he's going to part it or you don't. You're holding the ark, which represents his presence. Do you think he's going to do what he said? And so they stepped in. And what happened? The river stopped. But here's what Joshua says. He says the river stopped way back, a ways back at a place called Adam or Adam. And it stopped like a heap. God stopped it. He stopped the water so that they rose up in maybe some sort of fountain or whatever it looked like until probably more than a million people crossed the river. That probably took a while, don't you think? It's not a big river, but still it's a million people. And if I was holding the heart, ark, I would say, come on, you can talk later. <laughs> Get across the river. You've been listening to Blessed is the Nation Whose God is the Lord, part two on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 33.
Remember, you can watch Pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship when you follow our YouTube channel. Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we would love it if you would join us at one of our Sunday morning services. But if you live outside of Southern California or you're unable to visit us, you can always watch live on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Best way to find the videos is visit walkintruth.com. Then click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, if you're like me, you've been watching our nation and going, oh Lord, have mercy on us. And I think that's the right kind of prayer because we need God's mercy. But sometimes it's it's hard. We get frustrated at people who don't have our worldview and don't seem to see what is plain to us. How do we handle that? What's the best way? Well, we could watch the news and jump up and down and say, you know, everybody's uh, out to lunch. Or we can decide to start praying for the lost and witnessing to them and trying to be salt and light in our world. Now, I, if you've listened long enough, you know I don't hesitate to comment on things uh, about the nation and politically, but ultimately the answer is going to be found in the person of Christ and him changing us from the inside out. And so I would tell you that maybe change some of that that feeling of frustration into a passion for prayer for the lost and actually sharing your faith with those who don't know Christ. I mean, somebody did it for you. So let's be prepared to do it for others. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. God bless you. This is Pastor Michael. We'll catch you right here tomorrow on the program. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 33 called Blessed is the Nation Whose God is the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walking Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.